I have a guest that's, um, well, it's, I guess part of the past radio history that is here with me right now, Michael Benner. I haven't seen Michael, I think, let's see, it was that K-West and what? Oh, my gosh, I'm... 1976. A <laughs> <laughs> long time ago. Michael's got an interesting background and, and a, a fascinating story that's led him to where he is now on Maui, living up in Kula. Um, but I guess your radio background started like with some other well-known people we have here working at the radio station in Detroit, right? Well, yeah. After uh, a spell in Lansing, East Lansing, Michigan State, I went to Detroit and did radio there and met the general manager of this radio station, John Detz, and uh, Jim McKeon, the program director. I worked with in 1971 in Detroit at an ABC radio station. And then again in the late 70s when we met and worked together in Los Angeles at K-West. So sort of a small world. Given that there's 6,000 radio stations <laughs> in the U.S., we keep bumping into each other. And then you went, you worked at uh, ABC Radio, KABC, and did, were you doing news there or were you a DJ there when you were at KABC? Well, KABC KLOS is, was the name of the... Yeah, yeah, KLOS. I started at KLOS in the late, eight, uh, late 70s and did a news and talk show. Right. And then started doing Dodger post-game news at KABC across the hall, and then that led to substituting as a talk host. And I worked, gosh, I did the restaurant show for Elmer Dills. I did, I sat in uh, with Ken and Bob. I, I it's, was, it's a great radio station. It's considered oh, one of the great radio stations, the actually. It's pinnacle of my career. In yeah, yeah, very good. And, yeah. and Union, a union station. It was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When I was in college, that was my goal, was to live in Los Angeles and work at KABC. Those, mm -hmm. those letters, ABC Radio, was yeah. just, that was everything. So, yeah, that was uh, a great time. LA was very very good to me. But but it's an interesting story because you, I don't know if at that time you were involved in the spiritual metaphysical field or not. Had you already started having any interest in in what the spiritual field held for you? Or did that, the, where did the roots of that begin? It's a great question. It came with my frustration that the news I was doing was not revealing the problem I was looking for as a young idealistic baby boomer. And I thought in college in the 60s, if I just did the news, I'd be the one that would... Change the world. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to tell the world what's really going on. And instead, I was doing the same stories that everybody else was doing, rip and read. And Did I, you get to choose your stories you read at the yeah, time? Yeah, but... Because that's, that's very rare even, and these, you, you don't a lot of times get to do that. But still, you're working off wire copy, right. and so much news is weighted toward government stuff and sounding like everybody... The boss always got nervous if you didn't sound like everybody else. Th there the was time. actually those tickets tape uh, feeds at that time, of course. Yeah, sure. Tick, 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 tick. You get yeah, that AP, sure. and you were getting mostly AP stories. That AP you were... and UPI. And yeah. UPI, yeah. There was no Reuters in radio back then, but mm -hmm. uh, there was a UPI. And so frustrated with the fact that I wasn't getting to the why of the story, Cindy. We were doing all the other Ws, the who, what, where, when, and right. how. But... It's like every day in L.A. I had to say, okay, we know statistically two or three people were murdered in the city. 
I can fill in the blanks for you, or we could look at why. Mm -hmm. And news wasn't doing that. So that's how I got into talk was, now tell me why you believe what you believe. And I'd use current events as a premise, and people tell me what they thought. And I said, great, that's great. Now tell me why you feel that way. And that's what made the program really different. And what was the name of the program at that time? Well, Open Conversation. We just opened up the phones. And, I and it was it. a half-hour show? Oh, no. Uh, well, there's a number of different shows. I did Saturday and Sunday morning on KLOS. That was a three-hour show from 6 to 9. And for many, many years, I did an overnight show on Sunday night going into Monday morning. That was as long as five hours in some cases. And so... Uh, my interest in the why behind the news led to the human potential movement. Mm -hmm. That's where I discovered meditation and self-hypnosis and altered states and encounter groups and est and silva mind control. Which was really booming in L.A. at that time. TM and yeah, all of this, again, out of the 60s, this mm -hmm. self-discovery. We'd, we'd put down the psychedelic drugs and said there's got to be a better way to attain a higher level of awareness to, to wake ourselves up and then help other people wake up too. And then human potential led to personal development and eventually spiritual development, if you will. More of a philosophical, non-religious, I don't want to say non-religious, I guess my approach to personal and spiritual development is comparative in a religious sense, but it takes a look at what are all religions talking about in terms of how do we live our lives? How do we relate to each other? What are relationships really about besides the, the romance of finding a spouse and then having a family and kids and so on? What about our other relationships, our friendships? What about people we don't like? How do we What about people who are our enemies? What in the world is this love your enemy stuff? We're, you know, Christians talk about this, but then we fight war. And, and so it's like, well, where's the hypocrisy here? What does that really mean to love your enemy? And so I just, that's what I've been doing for the last, gosh, in addition to radio, sort of a crossfade. Radio faded out mm -hmm. as talk radio got, especially on the mainland, more and more mean and exclusively about politics. Uh, I segued then more and more into the human potential, personal and spiritual development field. And did you start your own organization at that time, or did you just pretty much just do your own exploration? I've never wanted to be a membership kind of thing. <laughs> yes. I, I, I don't like joining. <laughs> right, I, I know that one well. Yes. Suggest to people, beware. <laughs> you know what Thoreau said about that? He said, beware of any enterprise that requires new clothes. <laughs> And that's I, when I dropped out of the Zen movement when they wanted me to wear robes. I said, you know. That's what I'm talking about. And sorry, if I wear a robe and I'm up here with a robe, um, what happens? Do I change when I take my robe off? And if I can't be myself without my robe, what difference does it make if I wear a robe? You know, I was, it doesn't. Uh, but, but, there, but there is always the rules that seem to come. Yeah, with so the, I yeah, never the territory. wanted to do that. Yeah. So I would do public seminars. I worked for many years with a nonprofit educational foundation in Sherman Oaks out in the valley of L.A. called Live and Learn. Hmm. Worked a lot with Accelerated Learning and my business partner, Steve Snyder, out there. 
And uh, in addition to the accelerated learning, we were doing a lot of work with anxiety disorders. Interesting. Stress management, what they now call um, uh, the, um, oh, I'm having a mental block on the, not the OCD, but the attention deficit disorder stuff. A. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. just more alphabet soup. Yeah, yeah. It's almost all stress. Uh-huh. It really is. The reason people have a hard time paying attention, whether they're children or adults or seniors any age, is that we're overstimulated and we're stressed. And mm-hmm. we carry that in our bodies as muscular tension. So the brain believes we're in danger when, in fact, we're simply confused. And the anxiety, the stress if we call it what it really is, it's fear, that is underlying all of this confusion and creating this feeling as if I must be in danger, but I just can't tell you what the danger is. If you ask someone who's stressed, well, what are you worried about? What are you afraid of? They always say, well, I don't know. Mm -hmm. And, of course, that's the point. Mm -hmm. Stress and anxiety and fear really is almost never about danger. It's about things unknown, Mm -hmm. things that are confusing to us or about which we are unaware. And lo and behold, the common denominator at the root of all things unknown is the self. And this is why we have these admonitions from as far back as history goes. The, the ancient Greeks, know thyself, right? Uh, Confucius said, one who knows others is wise, but to know oneself is enlightened. Well, of course, our self is always with us. That's why it is our self. And, and I think it's always present. But the thing is, when you sit to actually find it, it's an interesting change that happens. One is when you're chasing yourself, it's harder sometimes in the beginning to find yourself. And and it's an interesting process to actually spend time with yourself to just clear your mind and your, your state of mind. What was some of your first encounters where you really felt your true soul self and, 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 and spent time in that presence? And what how did it affect you? Well, I think it's a fascinating field. I I I love to, in my own personal work and in sharing with other people my process, sort out the motives. Again, we're back to the why. Why am I thinking these thoughts? And if I'm having an argument in my head, and we all do, we argue with ourselves all the time, a lot of what we project on our spouses is an argument that's already been going on inside your head. So if we are those thoughts... Like, which side do we take, you see? So there is a polarity to the self. There is a negative self, a selfish self, an ego-based persona that we put on like a suit of clothes when we get up in the morning. And it's made up, it's complex, but it's made up to a large extent of our desire or even our need to please other people. And also, we think, to please ourselves, But... It's largely fear-based because, again, we're so stressed and so anxious. Then there is that still, small voice. This is what you're referring to. This is the higher self. This is the truth of who we are. This is the source of wisdom, of inspiration. Of A word I really like is realization, or some people call it intuition. These are the brilliant ahas, the lid lifting when the light bulb goes on and not only do you get the answer or the solution you were looking for in some practical problem, but 
it arrives with this wonderful rush of confirmation where you just know that's the answer. But it's also addictive. Well... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> You've been on this path. I think that's a good kind yes, of addiction. Yes, it, it is a very good kind of addiction. Addicted but it, to wisdom is a good thing. Well, it, it definitely hooks you when you get into that space and you start finding the answers from yourself and you feel the power and you feel the light and you feel the love. and and But at the same time, it's not like you can take a weekend course and you get there and <laughs> you get a certificate. That's and, what life is, the course. Right. Yes, it is. Your of whole course life, of course it's death, a course. It's a course. Cradle to grave. That's what it is. So, so you know, I'm, I'm fast-forwarding a bit here because there's a wonderful, wonderful teaching system that you began. And I, I really, I have checked it out online, and it is a beautiful resource. What I think I really respect from it is, is not only the fact that it's absolutely driven from the truth, and, and um, it's not hype-driven at all, um, but it is also... Um, a way that people can reach throughout the world uh, because you do have webinars, you do have weekly uh, free uh, webinars that people can do or they can involve. Uh, and the, the group you founded and um, started, what, what year did you begin what you have now? Well, I call the, I guess you're referring to the Ageless Wisdom yes, the or the Ageless Mystery Wisdom. School. Yeah. And I began that when I came to Maui about four and a half years ago mm-hmm. and transitioned from my last radio programs in Los Angeles to the Internet and doing these free podcasts and the free webinars. And uh, I needed a name. And I love the idea of the ancient mystery schools. This mm-hmm. is where women and men in the olden times would go to study what I guess today we would call philosophy which literally is the search for truth. Mm -hmm. And the primary thread that runs through it, of course, is love as a level of awareness. Love beyond an emotion or a warm, fuzzy feeling is awareness itself. It's a quality of contentment that we know from time to time but have a tough time maintaining. For example... There's a new baby born in the family, you know. My goodness, if you're lucky enough to be in the room when that happens, the room fills with light. You can turn the lights off. I mean, there's this ethereal, and everybody feels, Christmas, we just came through Christmas, you know. How many memories do we have of those magical, absolutely wondrous Christmas mornings where there's just something in the air? These are qualities of love as awareness qualities of contentment and really spiritual fulfillment that are available to everyone all the time, but it's as if our lives are a movie that gets in the way, as if our fears are shadows that block our vision and our perception of the truth beyond the veil or behind the scene. And I think what religion, all of the religions in one form or another, and philosophy and psychology and the related fields in education, sociology, anthropology and such, what they're really all about is teaching human beings to wake up to this level of awareness. To, how about if we say it this way, to consciously choose to accelerate our evolution. There's an idea. 
instead of waiting to evolve or expecting that evolution is just something that happens to the body, you know, and that's why a leopard has spots and a tortoise has a shell and a giraffe has a long neck, what about the evolution of our awareness, our consciousness, and with it our ethics and our values? Because as we become more aware of this wondrous fulfillment and contentment, our values do in fact improve. We become much more ethical, we become kinder, we become more humble. This is something that you've discussed as the aloha spirit. I, I do believe that, but at the same time, I also know the amazing power of learning life's lessons. And the more you're in this field, the more you get honed by having to live and walk your talk. And so many teachers who have come into the field and, and think they'll just get into this field and make money at it have oh. really had to prove prove themselves time and time again. Um, and it is a, it's a very uh, interesting journey that really isn't, I think, goes even beyond a lifetime. I think it's a many lifetimes. It's a path, once you begin it, that, that continues to evolve, I think, through many lifetimes. And I'm kind of, uh, well, first of all, in case people are driving and they get to the destination, I want to make sure they find your website. Um, so, so can you give people um, a way that they can connect with you uh, and your website and how they can find out about what you do with the Ageless Wisdom? Sure, thanks. Uh, it's theagelesswisdom.com, and the T-H-E, the, the part, is essential. So after the W's, dot theagelesswisdom.com. And if you just click on webinars, you'll see the free forum, the free webinar we do every Sunday live at um, what would be 11 o'clock Hawaiian time, 1 o'clock Pacific time. And um, that's followed by a premium. If they like the free 30 minutes, they can enroll for just a couple of dollars, and then there's a premium training that follows. You have some fabulous topics you've oh, done you. over the years since thank you've you. been here in Maui. And if people go to the website, they can see um, some of the great discussions that you've had. We did one last week I thought was really fascinating, and we got a lot of positive feedback on it. And it's, it's a question. I wasn't saying one way or the other, but the question I posed was, is God evolving? To go beyond the debate of creation or evolution, like maybe creation involves evolution. God created evolution. Maybe God is evolving. And, of course, God will not be God if God did not know all that is. But the question I asked is, does God know everything that is not? And people seem to really enjoy the intellectual and emotional exercise of wondering, does God grow? Does God evolve? Right. And is God the ultimate source, or does God have a God? <laughs> and is God a person, a man on the cloud, or more of an all-embracing spirit of love? And so these are the questions we ask in honoring and respecting all religious traditions, mm -hmm. and yet looking for that golden thread, which really is love, caring, aloha. It's humility, it's dignity, it's respect, it's kindness. This is one of the reasons I've fallen in love with Hawaii is the, the people that have dedicated themselves to 
ensuring that uh, Keiki learned the Aloha spirit through the songs and through the stories and that that spirit is maintained because aloha is what the world really is looking for. And, and you know the word aloha, A-L-O, is actually a, one of the many definitions from A-L-O, is, is presence, the divine presence. Yeah, the breath. With, with ha, the breath. And that, of course, that presence is such a key. Um, wh- how do you, at this point in your learning and your teachings, how do you get centered and go into your your inner self and connect with your soul and w- how do you get your wisdom from the source the breath you just said it the breath in uh, yoga it's called pranayama again it's aloha the breath of god uh the old tradition hawaiians put their foreheads together and they breathe mm-hmm. through the nose they even play their flute through the nose mm-hmm. because that's the ha or the divine breath when it comes through the mouth, there's a tongue that gets in the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it changes everything. The breath I think of as a metronome. You cannot breathe in the past. You cannot breathe in the future. The breath also always <laughs> brings you into that present moment you mentioned. And then close eyes and relax. Create a sense in your body a feeling of safety of deep relaxation. And when you close your eyes, breathe and relax, everything changes. Brain waves are reduced. The fight or flight response that amplifies our fear goes away. And we begin this wonderful upward spiral of understanding, promoting more peace and love and expanded awareness that leads to more understanding. And so here's your antidote to fear and ignorance, which is the only enemy, ignorance and fear, and the way they feed each other, because when you're afraid, you get confused. And when you're confused, well, you're even more afraid. So there's your downward spiral. Makes sense that love and understanding would be the antidote. And whether we call it meditation or contemplation or introspection or gosh, reflection or rumination, and there's hundreds of different techniques. Anybody that takes the time to just relax and breathe and open their minds and open their hearts is going to recognize some immediate benefits, even if you don't have a teacher. You know, it's interesting. Everyone's talking about 2012 now, of course, and I I have my own theories, and I don't buy into the end of the world uh, theory necessarily, but I do really feel that there is more need than ever before for people to find their true self and their purpose and to really make some conscious choices for the good of the world. And, I, you know, I don't think you can go wrong if you start doing that, but, but I do feel there's some acceleration going on. How, what is your sense of, of, of seeing this? Obviously, you made your choice. When you came to Maui and started this school, you made a conscious choice. There's always risks risks involved when you make a choice. What would you suggest for people as we get into 2012 here, that uh, how people address what's going on with the world and uh, how they address that relationship to themselves and the world? I think spiritual activism or sacred activism is very important. We can't just meditate quietly in the confines of our residence and not do anything. We need to take that 
awareness out into the world and make a difference. The good news is anything that you would like to do that you love doing that helps other people is going to be of significance. Even if it doesn't seem all that important, it might be just deciding to change the way you drive a car around the island. It might be you know, being kind to people even if you're having a bad day and feeling sort of grumpy and not in a very good mood and yet you somehow decide that I'm going to practice aloha anyway and be kind to the and, and why complain? You know, I met a guy the other day that uh, I said something nice about his car and instead of talking about how much he loved it he started talking about another car that he used to have that he hated. It was like Negativity was such a habit for him, apparently. So, you know, we can help seniors. We can help the keiki. We can work as volunteers, you know, give cans of food to the food bank. Um, whatever, any little thing that you do to change yourself and the way you relate to other people, always with respect, always with kindness, always with dignity, ripples out mm -hmm. and uh, I'm afraid that sometimes people don't consciously do these constructive things because they feel insignificant like it won't matter but there's a wonderful quotation by the anthropologist Margaret Mead she says I have to paraphrase but it's basically never doubt that a small group of inspired people can change the world indeed it's the only thing that ever has. Well, that's a very, very, very powerful statement and very true. When you decide to do your talk, your webinar, uh, how do you pick the subject? I close my eyes and I breathe and I relax and I wait for it to pop into my head. Mm -hmm. I wait for the light bulb to come on. Mm -hmm. And it again, unlike ideas that arrive in normal awareness, mm -hmm. that all seem to have the same amount of impact behind them. When you relax and breathe and clear your mind, the ideas that pop in come, as I say, with a confirmation rush. That's what I call it. Uh, whether it's the dawning of a new idea, the archetype of the light bulb popping on, or being thunderstruck, right? As if the top of your head has just been ripped off. It might be slow, it might be thunderous, but it's an arrival of light, of awareness, of, oh, that's it, that's what I mean. And so whether it's deciding a topic for my webinar or solving problems in a practical sense in my everyday life or setting goals for myself, that's the process that I use. And so-called altered state, a state of relaxation where I'm not distracted, where I'm not overstimulated, where I am as our ancestors used to be. Well, there's a wonderful ability as you spend more and more time there's you, where you kind of, I think, bring it and integrate it into your your everyday life. And, and as I said, life will, will continually teach you. Yep. Uh, <laughs> as you try to do that, you will get lessons. And, and, and it's, it's a wonderful learning place, if this you world. Just breathe. Yeah, it's a wonderful learning place with lots of reminders that come our way every day. And, and I think your webinars and your sites are a wonderful way for people to get beautiful reminders and lessons. Again, how do people go to your site and how do they get involved? 
The W's.TheAgelessWisdom.com. You can also pick up the podcast at the iTunes store. All you have to do is search for Michael Benner, and several programs will pop up. You'll see the Mystery School there. That's B-E-N-N-E-R. That's right. And well, Michael, it's been such a wonderful treat to, to finally connect up with you again. And a big aloha and happy new thank year. Thank you. Mahalo.